welcome to The Early Word. We hope you enjoyed the first episode of our new podcast created for your sector, Early Learning. I'm Belinda Myers and I'll be on the podcast each fortnight looking at the latest trends, insights and advice from early learning experts. The Early Word podcast is proudly presented by Child HR, Australia's leading online human resources platform specifically created for the early learning sector. We'd love to get your feedback on the podcast. You can get in touch or catch up on past episodes at childhr.org.au slash podcast. What we're seeing, it's we don't view it as, as wage theft. We don't think there's um, employers in the industry that are actively out there to, to underpay their, their, um, their workers, but mistakes can be made. That was Dan Feldman, Managing Partner of HR Legal, and he joins us on the podcast shortly, along with Joe Dorfman from Notice Board Systems and Hayley Todd from Child HR, is back with our regular Hayley's Hack segment. I'd like to introduce Dan Feldman as our first guest today. Dan is the Managing Partner at HR Legal, one of Australia's leading legal practices in the area of workplace relations and workplace safety law. Dan has extensive experience in the early learning sector and has joined us to discuss some of the groundbreaking changes to wage legislation that have happened recently. Welcome to the early word, Dan. Thank you very much, Belinda. Good to have you here. I'm looking forward to hearing from you about those uh, legislation changes around wages a little bit later. But first, can you just um, tell us a little bit about uh, HR Legal and um, your involvement with Child HR? Thank you. So we're a uh, Victorian-based workplace relations and safety firm. We act for employers across uh, a range of industries, including the childcare industry. Um, we we like to think of ourselves as providing very practical advice, having a, a really good understanding about the industries that our clients practice in. And uh, we've got a, a great team um, based in Victoria, but servicing clients nationally. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that you're based in Victoria, which is, of course, is where this historic new wage legislation has been passed through Victorian Parliament. Can you explain what's happened recently? Yes. So prior to the last Victorian election uh, back in 2000. 18, the the uh, Andrews government indicated that if they were re-elected, they would uh, introduce legislation um, it, that would uh, introduce a new crime of wage theft. So that was something that's just passed the Victorian Parliament uh, a couple of months ago and uh, is going to take effect from July next year, so July 2021. And it's uh, the first piece of, of legislation of this type in the country that will make it a crime for employers and officers of, of employers um, where they can potentially face imprisonment uh, for, for crimes related to underpaying workers or failing to keep uh, proper records. So it's a, a very concerning piece of legislation for, for employers in Victoria. Yeah, we've seen some high profile um, examples of, you know, people being pulled through the media for uh, underpaying their staff. But how much is wage theft actually a problem to the childcare industry itself? Well, we, HR Legal, we uh, work closely, you know, in terms of providing compliance for, for child HR and with a, a lot of childcare providers throughout the country. And the, the, the good news is, is that we, we find that the, the childcare industry is a very compliant industry. They're used to dealing with compliance issues. Uh, you know, there's a lot of legislation that regulates the industry. And so there, it tends to be an industry that, um, 
also has a, a good awareness about compliance when it comes to uh, wages and, and conditions. So there have been in, in the past, if you if you you know do, do a bit of a Google search, for example, there's been a, a, some some operators have been prosecuted under previous law um, and investigated by the Federal Fair Work Ombudsman and have faced uh, penalties as a result of of non-compliance. But but as a whole, um, our, my my view is that the childcare industry is is generally fairly compliant. So uh, unlike other industries, for example, there's a, a lot of media coverage around you know, restaurants and hospitality, uh, underpaying workers. It's not such a broad problem in the childcare industry. Having said that, of, though, is that um, where, where errors are made within the childcare industry is often um, a misunderstanding about the relevant awards that can apply. Um, for example, there is some complexity, you know, whether it you know, if, if um, they're employing certain childcare centres might employ educators covered by um, you know, the Education Award, but in most cases it's going to be the Child Services Award. And um, where, where there can be some complexity is that if you have staff who have got, for example, uh, particular qualifications, they're entitled automatically even if they haven't got the experience to be paid at higher rates. And so that what, what we're seeing, it's we don't view it as, as wage theft. We don't think there's um, employers in the industry that are actively out there to, to underpay their, their, um, their workers, but mistakes can be made. And my, my concern about the, you know, this legislation is that, you know, we're, uh, you know, to some extent an honest error, honest mistakes being made because of a misunderstanding about the relevant award or the relevant classification, that could lead to exposure to potentially fines and penalties. Yeah, right. Um, so prevention is, is obviously better than cure. What what do the new laws mean for the rest of the country? This has been passed in Victoria, but are there implications then for the rest of the country now? Well, it's a little bit of a surprising piece of legislation because um, we've largely got a, a federal industrial relations system, federal awards. There are federal regulators like the Fair Work Ombudsman that is already uh, has powers through their own inspectors to ensure compliance with workplace laws and they, they do wield a, um, you know, a, a big stick in the sense that they can already prosecute um, employers under the Federal Fair Work Act and, uh, and, and employers can face civil penalties, they can face prosecutions where um, they face very significant fines. Often the fines that are being levelled by courts might be you know, a multiple of five or ten times uh, any underpayment. Um, but these are, are civil penalties. They don't give rise to a, a uh, criminal record and unless, of course, uh, you know, em- employers are, are falsifying um, records or destroying records or, or hindering investigations, then there can be some criminal penalties. So the rest of the country, there's already, in my view, effective laws to ensure compliance. And what these laws are going to do are to create a new Victorian inspectors or wage wage inspectors who will, to some extent, be administering those same federal laws that the Fair Work Ombudsman already has a role to uh, administer, Um, but they're going to now potentially have far more serious uh, penalties. So the fines are close to a million dollars for a company for if they dishonestly withhold wages or superannuation or other entitlements or falsify records or fail to keep proper employment records and for individuals which of course can mean 
the the officers of, of the um, of the company, the fines are almost two hundred thousand dollars or um, up to ten years jail. So these are very significant um, penalties that are potentially that businesses and, and and managers and officers of those businesses um, can be exposed to. Yeah, it certainly is significant, and uh, it's good to know. Um, you mentioned that the early learning sector is largely um, very well set up for compliance. But if any of our listeners are concerned about this issue and how it could affect them or someone that they know, what can they do? Well, one of the key ways to defend yourself from these sorts of charges, and Belinda, you mentioned prevention is better than the the cure, and it certainly is. But um, one of the defences available in this legislation is where an employer is able to demonstrate that they exercise due diligence to comply. So even if then a mistake's made, it, it would be seen more as a as an honest mistake. So the sorts of things, you know, utilising the services through child HR, which provide you with compliant documents, with regular updates about what the uh, correct um, rates of pay are, um, those sorts of tools that are available, it's, they're the sorts of things that employers need to have. They need to make sure that their employment documents are, um, are accurate, that they're compliant, that they're aware of the uh, relevant award that, that underpins their employees and are aware of the changes that occur, you know, if there's going to be a, a wage increase every year that they're passing on those increases. And uh, the sorts of things are just making sure that employees, if they're working overtime, um, they're being paid those correct overtime rates or penalty rates. Um, other things that we see, for example, uh, if there are junior rates, um, you know, once you know, that might be for, for younger, younger staff, um, when they get a, an increase uh, and, and they turn older, they're entitled to a, a greater increase. It's really just creating systems, um, the same sort of systems that they have around child protection and child welfare and ratios, making sure you've got those same systems in your workplace that are um, staying on top of the, you know, employment law, which of course can be complex. So completely agree with, with the point that you made before. Prevention is better that, than the cure. It's, it's um, making themselves aware of these issues and checking their systems constantly. And there's lots of, you know, lots of different groups that are out there that can assist, you know, law firms like my own, IR consultants, and of course, as I mentioned, through child HR as well. Fantastic advice. Um, lovely to have you with us on the early word, Dan. We might get you back on again in a future episode. Um, I'm sure there's lots more that we can explore with you, but um, thanks very much for your insights today. Thank you very much, Belinda. Have a good day. Great to chat with Dan Feldman from HR Legal there and Joe Dorfman from Notice Board Systems is up next. So a bit of a change of pace now. Let's talk community marketing with Joe Dorfman, Sales and Marketing Director at Notice Board Systems or NBS. Hello, Joe. Yeah, hi, Belinda. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. No, great to be here. Happy to uh, to talk to you guys. Excellent. Tell me what what exactly is local area marketing for those of us who don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a great question, and, and it almost speaks for itself. But local area marketing relates to the marketing or, or advertising initiatives, uh, which are really focused on a, a business's specific local target market demographics, where, where their customers or clients come from locally. And, and the messaging and the mediums that, that you choose are obviously directed 
to being seen or read or listened to by your specific local target market. So, Joe, how exactly do the boards and screens work? I can picture them in my local supermarket, but how does it work from a marketing perspective? Yeah, great. Well, our boards and screens are, are always positioned uh, facing, generally facing the checkouts or the entry and exit of the store. So, where, where the foot traffic is, is, um, is, is high and we give our, our clients an opportunity to promote exclusively, so they'd be the only childcare centre, the only doctor, dentist, plumber, etc., promoting their business. Obviously, all day, every day, direct to their target market. They can run promotions or special offers using you know, flyers, brochures, uh, or alternatively on the screens, and and it gives them an opportunity to make sure they've got their local area marketing covered. Uh, you know, all the time, it's consistent helping them to generate new inquiries, bring in customers, new clients, increase their sales and, and, and grow their profits and part of the community through the community notice board. So it's a, a very uh, powerful and effective but low-key way to, to get their business in front of their target market. So it's very, very specific as opposed to being in a broad perspective. So I imagine it lends itself to um, obviously people that, that work mainly in their own local area. What sort of clients... Do you work with? How do you help them? Yes, yeah, so, um, we have over six hundred community notice boards and, and around about one hundred and fifty odd digital TV screens positioned in IGA and Foodland supermarkets across Australia. So very local focused, and and our clients are businesses who are located, as you say, in the areas specific to the stores. Uh, that could be businesses or organisations who whose target market are the customers of the stores. So it, it really you know, everybody shops in the supermarket. So if your business is is close to the supermarket or you are looking for new customers or clients who would be shopping in the stores, then, uh, then that's very much who, who we look after and who we, who we service. And, of course, at the moment, that concept of supporting local businesses, supporting the people that are in your community has never been more front of mind with everything that's that's going on in the country at the moment. Um, but what, what opportunities are there specific to early learning centres um, to use local area marketing and how do they get started? Yeah, and also a good question and thank you. The, the good thing we've come to realise is that supermarkets are, are COVID-proof, you know, given that they've been probably busier than ever before. And so it, it does it does provide a great way to do it. But for a childcare centre or, or any business for that matter, whether it be a doctor, dentist, plumber, electrician, school, you know, real estate agents who, who, who we look after as well. But for a childcare centre to get started and, and uh, you know, get their message out there, they should be thinking around well, who is their target market. And the first thing that comes to mind is parents, um, mums or dads or, or family members who, who are going to be wanting to or need to place their children in a childcare centre and will obviously not want to travel too far, given that depending on where they work or where they live, Usually, it's it's about trying to find uh, the right right medium that that will target people in their close vicinity. So the best way to get started is to think about well, where where will my target market be? Where will I be able to make sure they can see my message? Um, we obviously provide that, but there are there are other other ways to do it and other means to do it um, from time to time. It could be local publications. It could be some some. Uh, Material or or, uh, or or support uh, networks that relate to parents. So they all work and they all sit alongside each other. Whether it be online, whether it be in in writing, or, or whether it be uh, radio or television, they all sit together. But I guess the key is to 
is to think about where can I cost effectively make sure that my message will be seen or be heard by, by the, the parents or, or, you know, family members of young children. And do you have to be an expert in advertising to get started? No, look, we, we, I don't think, I think that's a, an anomaly. Advertising is, is actually very simple and our philosophy is keeping it simple. Less is, is, is more. So we, we provide, um, uh, design or, or creative, um, services so we can help. In this instance, the childcare centre to to get their message designed, prepared, and ready to to go. We like to keep it very simple, as I say, by by making sure that the key features of the childcare centre are very clearly seen. You know, their point of difference, what makes them stand out from the crowd, and and making sure that that their name, their logo, and and where they're located, contact details are very clear, so not lost in. In a, in a, in a, in a maze of information because very often advertisers or, or businesses try to, to communicate too much in, in their advertising. So the message is lost. So we really believe in keeping it simple. Yeah. And as I said, there's never been a bit of time to support local businesses. Um, and Joe, you've offered some support as well as a special promotion for our podcast business. Um, we've got a little giveaway happening for one lucky person. Um, to win some advertising for their business. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're very excited to be able to offer uh, three months of advertising um, to on our on our notice boards or digital screens where relevant to the lucky winner. So um, obviously local advertising is really effective for small businesses uh, and we're, we're delighted and looking forward to, to seeing who the winner might be. Fantastic. It's a very generous prize that uh, you've got on offer there, Joe. We really thank you for your time and your insights. And um, we might get you back on the podcast at some stage later on. I'd be delighted to, Melinda. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Good to catch up with Joe and learn a little more about the benefits of marketing within your local community. And as Joe mentioned, NBS has very kindly offered to give away a three-month advertising package to one lucky early learning centre. All you have to do is look us up at Child HR on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram and find our latest podcast post then tag three of your friends who you think might enjoy the podcast. One lucky person who tags their three friends will win the advertising package with thanks to Joe Dorfman and Notice Board Systems for sponsoring this exciting prize. The competition is open to everyone in the early learning sector throughout Australia, but hurry because entries will close on Sunday the 6th of September. We'll be in touch after that to let the lucky winner know. It's time now for Haley's Hacks. And if you missed the first episode of The Early Word, Haley Todd is the customer success manager at Child HR. What she doesn't know about the platform isn't worth knowing. Does that sound about right, Haley? <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> Last episode, we we're talking about um, onboarding and the way the platform just steps you through every step of the way. But what are some of the other features that your clients love? Uh, they love that the like the performance review process, leave requests, but I think the favourite one is definitely the tracking of qualifications and certifications. Uh, and of course, in early learning, there would be a lot of requirements mm-hmm. around certifications and qualifications. Tell me a little bit more about that. Right, that's you're very correct. So every role has specific requirements, and Child HR already has them all outlined. So staff know what they need to upload their evidence for, um, and what they need to have. Um, so there's also reminders for both staff and approved providers regarding expiries and all of that. So um, everyone knows once 
And you're on the phone to people every day um, talking to them about the ins and outs of the platform. What do they tell you about the certs and quals section? They just love that they get the reminders regarding expiries so that they can easily keep track of that. And there's a report which also makes um, rating an assessment or being audited an absolute breeze because they can just show them that report and they have access to everything that they need. It's nothing more important than compliance in any business, but particularly in early learning. So we'll have you back on the podcast next episode, Hayley, with some wisdom. We'll give you a couple of weeks to think about what you'd like to share with us. We'll talk to you then. See you next fortnight. to Hayley for her latest tips on child HR and to Dan Feldman and Joe Dorfman for sharing their insights with us on the early word. If you enjoyed today's podcast, help spread the word, leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode which features Jay Fraser founder of the Scholars Group. Every service is different because every community is different. Uh, And so you can have two services that are five or 10 kilometres apart, but the demographic and the socioeconomic uh, outcomes of every one of those families in those services is different. So that means that their expectations, their needs, their desires, their wants are all different. Jay spoke to us about his experience as an expert childcare consultant and how to navigate running multiple sites. I really look forward to bringing you that interview on the next episode of The Early Word. To stay up to date with the podcast, you can follow us on your favourite platform and don't forget to enter our competition by tagging three friends and our latest podcast post on your favourite social channel. You can also leave us a review where you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts. The Early Word is proudly presented by Australia's leading online human resources platform specifically created for your sector. Child HR, the HR system early learning professionals recommend. Find us at childhr.org.au.